Today's Daily DVR Does Big Little Lies is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order. No minimum required. They got belts, handkerchiefs, ties, cufflinks, tie clips, money clips, so many awesome brands and so many awesome styles. Go to cufflinks.com if you have an event coming up or even if you just want to look good when you walk out the door in the morning. Upgrade your style at cufflinks.com. Go there today. Welcome back to Daily DVR Does Big Little Lies Season 2. My name is Axel, and with me this evening, afternoon, or whatever time you're listening is Jenny. You can find out more about us at dvrpodcast.com and consider becoming a patron. Support the show. Go to patreon.com slash dvr. We have hundreds of film lists and lost mythos and other special podcasts you can only get there. Today, we're going to be talking about season two, episode three of Big Little Lies entitled She Knows. You can send your feedback to dvrpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget, give us an iTunes review. Mr. DJ Tim Hines is giving out to you for listening, which we love and thank you for, a set of season one on Blu-ray. And all you have to do is give us a review. And at the end of the season, we're going to pick out of a hat and announce the winner. And we want to thank this week, John Scar, CMDM, C. Harris, and Drew for their reviews. And also I'm going to bring, uh, I'm going to bring uh, Jenny in here. How you doing, Jenny? I am doing great. How are you, Axel? I'm doing good. Um, we also got some reviews in the UK, the, the Rayfords and former lost addicts. So thank you so much. But this review we got from whiskers two five seven, and it was about something that we talked about last week. We're just going to start the show and talk about it. Cause I think it has to do with things that are happening on the show. Uh, but it was, you know, interesting as well. We wanted to address it. Just found this pod and was enjoying it until the most recent analysis read Bonnie's mother. The host said Bonnie's race wasn't a factor because she fit in with the community due to yoga, etc. Being the only minority or one of a few definitely makes a difference when you are that person. I'm disappointed the host didn't grasp what I see as a basic fact in 2019. Well, Whiskers... Thank you for writing that. Uh, it wasn't a positive review, I think, but it was still like two or three stars or something, which shows they listen and they took the time. But, you know, every time you record a pod, there's always something that you later think about or when you listen to and you're like, ah, that didn't quite come out right. And this discussion was that for me. And then you wrote this review and Jenny and I talked about it. And uh, you're you're right. I think we didn't properly explain ourselves or fully discuss the topic. And we took for granted that main point, of course, as the only black person in this group, right? And uh, being that this is America and it is Monterey, those are inherent great differences uh, that affect Bonnie's life and affect her relationship with the other characters and as Jenny and I were talking about, it's probably just that, honestly, we were talking about like her kind of the uh, relationship with her mom, and we didn't state kind of the obvious, right? You agree, right. Jenny? And it's just, mm-hmm. you know, 
But Whiskers, we appreciate you bringing that up and illuminating that. And uh, hey, that's what this is all about. So thank you. I want to tell you that speaking of other podcasts and other things you can review, we did do our Veronica Mars podcast, Ken and I. So that is going to be dropping on the feed, which is available now. It should be available on iTunes, but is available on like Stitcher, Spotify, a bunch of other places. Tune in. So if you're into Veronica Mars, just search Veronica Mars or go to DVRpodcast.com or subscribe to Daily DVR. We're going to be doing all three seasons, the movie, and then we're going into season four on Hulu, which starts July 26th. But all of Veronica Mars is on Hulu now. All right, so that's it. We got past the reviews, the controversies. We're learning, we're growing, we're changing. And uh, now we're here to talk about episode four here of Big Little Lies. We're like past the middle here because there's only seven episodes of this season. What did you think overall of this episode, Jenny? I liked this episode better than the last one. Um, I feel like there's a lot to discuss. Uh I I didn't really notice like an overarching theme or anything. Maybe once we have talked it through, I'll, I will. We'll see. Sometimes that happens. But uh, I did find it really interesting and uh, felt like the story moved forward in leaps and bounds. Yeah, I, I, I thought that this episode, I like that they're doing the shorter episodes because- And cramming so much into yeah, them. Yeah, they are. And, and you know what? They don't need to be, I think like if you feel you're telling this story, then that's an appropriate amount of time, whether it's like 44, 48 minutes or 55, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And it shows to me that they're confidently telling it and they have a story to tell and it's definitely ramping up. And I think that a lot of the things that we've been talking about throughout the season are happening and especially when it comes to Mary Louise. And I mean, this is like, they, they, they got to offer. This is how I come out of this episode. Do you think that this think- is going to turn into a plan to kill Mary Louise or what? You know what? You'll probably have me convinced by the end of this. I had not, that hadn't really occurred to me, but I mean, I know you like to to throw crazy (laughs) theories out there anyway. So uh, if, if that should happen at the end of the season, I will be like, Axel, you were right. (laughs) It wouldn't surprise me, but I I, don't know if that's where they're going. I just feel like this show, the, it was about, her son dying, right? Like this death, this mystery, this big thing, right? Is what it's kind of centered around. It's a big drama. Mm-hmm. And I thought original, my original prediction, remember, was that this season would start out that she was dead and then we'd find out how it happened. Oh, like last season. Yeah, Barry. that's what I that thought. Right? That was my yeah. prediction. But my, now I'm moving towards, because we see Bonnie floating, like everything. Oh, is Bonnie going to die? But I kind of feel like that's that is that's imagery from her mom and its emotion and its feeling. Or maybe even my wife's theory was that it's it it's has more to do with maybe her past than what what's happening now. Um, but I'm getting more and more thinking like they're going to be pushed against a corner, and now everybody's scared of Mary Louise, and they're going to take her out, man. I could see it. 
take her out. And I got a person I have in mind who's going to do it too. Oh boy. Are you ready? (laughs) (laughs) I'm starting out with the theory right to start the show. I couldn't hold back. All right. This is who I think it's going to be. I think that if we look at last season, who ended up being our killer and the focus of all this drama is Bonnie, who is really inherently a very kind of grounded, soulful, um, introspective, intelligent person, right? She's not like Madeline, oh, crazy and everything, right? Right. Now, who who else do we have of our character? Okay, but not Jane. (laughs) Close, okay. close, because it's another person that we don't know that much about that's an auxiliary character, kind of like Bonnie. I think it's going to be Corey, the new boyfriend. Ooh. I think he is going to end up killing Mary Louise in some way, maybe even in similar way to what happened with the son where she's attacking and the slap that happened here with Celeste is just foreshadowing for a violence between these women and somehow Corey gets involved and maybe drowns Matt or he just like loses it or something. I don't know. Maybe that's, I think that could be, it could be, I'm getting into more territory here of uh, getting us bad iTunes reviews, but (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to say that because he's shown to have some kind of like maybe be on the spectrum or something that he's going to be violent because this is obviously a tool that's used before, but I, this is television and I'm not saying that television has not used things like that before, but I'm just, that didn't occur to me until after, but I do think that this is a possibility that they're shaping up here. Well, I mean, Jane did tell him about being raped. Yep. And Mm -hmm. I mean, a classic male trope and because it's based in reality (laughs) is to protect their partner. Yep. Uh, So, yeah. I could see that. I, I don't know. Seriously, I, this just this is just coming. I don't to know me. that I think that, but I could see that. Yeah, I don't even know that there's huge amounts of evidence here, but thematically, I was just kind of putting the two seasons against each other, and and how they're building up, and it just started to work. It just started to work for me. All right. You know, you know what's really funny about this discussion because I've listened to you podcast about so many different things <laughs> over some time. Um, I am used to being just on the listening side of your theories. And sometimes I'm talking back to you. And this is like before we ever actually talked <laughs> to one another. I'm like, no. That's not going to happen, blah, blah, blah. But you haven't thrown anything that bizarre out there at me at this season. so See, this is not <laughs> so that, that bizarre, happen, right? I'm just saying. Because some of your Game of Thrones ones in particular, I'm oh like, my gosh, I know. no, Axel, no. I that's know. not happening ever. I know. And this is just like more of like a feeling. Ooh, as the garbage truck goes by. This is more of just like a feeling that I had. Mm-hmm. Well, like that little scene too when she tells him. Um, I don't know. It just started building. All right. Let's see if we can, let's, let's get into it. Cause we do have a lot to cover, even okay. though this was a little bit of a shorter episode. Uh, mm-hmm. it was pretty dense and yes. we start out similarly to how we started out last week, except now we're getting a little bit of, um, 
audio, mm-hmm. right? It's this it's same going back to the night uh, of the uh, trivia night and when all the – when obviously when Perry died. But this time we kind of hear Madeline talking and we hear a little bit of Celeste and Bonnie talking. And you even like – you even went word, like word for word with what they said. Well, because I thought it was important. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Uh, I didn't really catch the dialogue on my first watch. It was when I went to take the notes and I knew that it, this was a very dense episode. I did turn the captions on and I kept trying to get the caption for that first one because it was really hard to hear. And you could, I finally was like hearing it after I played it like five times and basically reading her lips. And I was, I'm pretty sure that that first one was Madeline saying, what have I done? But the way that the effect they put on it, which you may know what that's called. I have no idea. I, it, it made it really difficult to understand which, so it was like, they really didn't want us. They, they wanted us to hear it, but they didn't want us to hear it at the same time. And she says it as, what have I done? Like, she doesn't say, what have we done? What did you do? She says, what have I done? And she just looks mortified. And then she says, I pushed him. No, no, Celeste, Celeste says it in Bonnie's face. She's in Bonnie's face and it has that effect too. And she says, I pushed him. She said it like that. I pushed him. Okay. But then Madeline takes over. Yeah. She, um, there's like a whole bunch of arguing between all of the women. And then um, Madeline says, you didn't push him and you didn't push him. And then somebody that we can't see who it is says nobody did. I bet you that would be Renata jumping in. Probably. What, what probably. Mad- yeah. Like they're making the plan. Uh, this is interesting because we keep on going back to this and each of them. Now, last week, though, the person remembering this was Celeste. But this mm-hmm. week, it's Madeline. Mm-hmm. And it just shows it's really interesting that they keep on doing that, that they, they're all replaying that and remembering it in kind of different, different ways and different things uh, are important to them. And mm-hmm. it's like for Celeste, what was important was like, she was just so caught up in the feeling and everything. But for Madeline, she is focused on, the conspiracy that was created and how she really is the one who created it. Right. Because do you agree, Jenny? Although it sounds like from Celeste first line in Bonnie's face saying, I pushed him. It sounds like there would have been a conspiracy anyway. Yeah. Even if Madeline hadn't organized it. I mean, that's the thing, right? That's what I was going to ask. Because the basis, we we're, we talk about this, and we've been talking about it through the season. Obviously, uh, Perry was pushed down the stairs by Bonnie. He was attacking other women. It was in self-defense in many ways. She was coming to their rescue. And one of them may have ended up pushing him in some way. Or who knows what he would have done to Celeste or any any of, of the other women there, Right. Um, Bonnie just took decisive action in that case. If they had just admitted what they had done, don't you think that, what do you think would have happened? I'll, I'll ask you that. What do you think would have happened if they had just said to the cops exactly what had happened? 
Well, I have to thank Whiskers again for their um, review because this just made me think of it differently. And the fact that it was Bonnie is probably why Celeste said I pushed him because it would have been less for a wealthy white woman whose husband had in fact been abusing her to be excused from pushing him when he was beating her than for a person of color. Well, a a female person of color to have pushed her friend's husband because he was beating her. Yeah. So looking at it from that perspective, I actually, it brings more light to, to why they did what they did. See, that's why I'm trying to play it out. There's angles to it, right? Because, um, Bonnie is art was the one arguing to Madeline that they should have told the truth. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, what, I guess what my point is, is, and yeah, that, that is a great, it's, they never, it's like, they never talked about it so much of this show. It's like the same thing with Jane, right? Like nobody, they haven't dealt with it. They're, it's like they have to deal with it in their dreams or their therapy session or something else because they're not just sitting down and actually like talking it out. Like maybe we did make a mistake here. And then someone could say, well, I maybe she was, she'd say that. Well, I came to Bonnie's defense because of these reasons that you just illustrated, right? Mm-hmm. Or Madeline could say, well, I was just trying to take charge of the situation because I was worried that we would be screwed over as women as we have been so many times before. And Renata is saying, yeah, I feel the same way, right? Like we don't get to have these discussions by them because it doesn't seem like they're having them. And as a result that we have this like undercurrent of unresolved uh, anger and frustration and fear that they have that keeps on coming up through these flashes and these dreams. And I think it's fascinating the way that they show that to us by these like quick little visual cues or sounds. And I like that they keep on using them. Um, But when I asked myself that question, I thought the same thing too. I was like, well, you know what? It could end up that just Bonnie is the one that ends up going to jail, right? Right. And then this show is about them trying to vindicate Bonnie and Mary Louise is against that. Right. Like, and even the little look that she gives her later, um, I just think it's interesting to kind of go back to that original sin here and, and see how it's like, nobody is supporting Madeline in the fact that she did kind of like, I mean, their backs were up against the wall and they don't know what would have happened if they told the truth, but they didn't. So now they have to kind of live with it. And, but they're not really following through on that plan either. Right. You know, because they're not like helping each other through it. So it's kind of like, you know, especially with Bonnie, um, it's just interesting. I don't know. It's like kind of a, it, it's a, it's like a, it's a catch 22 question, whether or not it re, whether or not they're right. Like, would it have been better to tell the truth? I'm not so sure that it would have been right. You know, but then again, you see, and then the way the show works too, it is a, uh, black woman cop who they're afraid is going to tell on them. Right. Mm-hmm. So in essence, like did that figure in? With two 
what the story that they told as well. Like if you see it in those racial dynamics, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like when they got there, was Madeline like, uh-oh, she's going to think, oh, I miss hoity-toity in the Monterey white lady. You know what I'm saying? She, did 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 that uh, put up her like racial censors as well? You know, it's interesting when you look at it that in that way, or was it just about protecting themselves and none of that really even played into it? It's like instinctual and we have to look at it from that perspective. They just don't know. But the one thing that's for sure, by not talking about it, they keep on having these crazy dreams. Mm-hmm. And taking Ambien is not going to help. Yeah, I think I think she has a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But I like the way they showed us the same scene, but then showed the audio. Um, so then we get this uh, pumpkin carving scene uh, where a lot of stuff is going on. Um, we have uh, Amabella and uh, Celeste and Madeline and Bonnie's there. All the kids, Renata. They're having big conversations. Um, and then uh, what were they telling? Oh, the birthday party's coming up. Last year we had Frozen. This year we have a, what is it? 80s throwback, right? Uh, disco party. Oh, disco party. Okay. It seems like people, as time goes on, all of the 80s, the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s should just become one ball of a thing. You know what I mean? Like we should wear like a ripped Nirvana shirt with a big afro and bell bottoms. And uh, I'm a, not a fan and, of bell bottoms. And like a, uh, a, a, and like a Reagan button or something. I don't know. Can be like that. We can all relive our crummy years together. Um, but that, but that's funny. That like everything has to be an event, even though they're in bankruptcy. She's still throwing this freaking party. Right. And worried about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot that happened in that scene. I mean, because the kids, the whole thing with Max and his uh, knife sticking out of the pumpkin and then, you know, talking about the birthday plans. Oh, the, oh, the uh, Chloe said some gang member could steal it and use it to stab a person in the heart. And I love Bonnie and Riley looking at her like. There are no gangs in Monterey. Yeah. They're in the gang in Monterey. Right. They're the and gang. <laughs> yeah. The the conversation outside where where when with Madeline and Renata when they were talking about the party and then it progressed into uh what was going on with her and Ed. Um Jane and the the Renata just said the whole thing is weird and I don't know, the 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 conversations between the women when um, Renata, I'm like, their names are all running together. Renata said whatever she was saying about how men are to Jane. And when she says, you know, uh, they, they lie, they cheat on us. And, and, and Madeline's like, you know, you said that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then the doorbell rings and it's Mary Louise at the door, but like all of that happened like the whole scene with the kids with the pumpkins and the scene with them out on the deck having that whole conversation it was all like inside of like a minute and a half yeah. they fit so much into so short a time they don't waste any time in these i mean 
Now, I must say that last week I did make it sound like they were wasting some time. But it was just because it, it wasn't moving the story forward. They and, were giving then, us a lot of information. It just didn't seem to be moving anywhere. And then when, especially when you have a lot of the characters together with something right. like this and you're just like thrown into it, it's already happening. It's a great scene, you know, like you catch it mid sentence and mm-hmm. you're just thrown into it. And you have to try to figure out what's going on between these people and the conversations they have. But the overall feeling that I get, and then Mary Louise shows up <laughs> is like I was saying, uh, and, and we've been talking about, it's like everything's kind of like decaying. You know what I mean? Like, and the pumpkin and like what they're doing is almost reminiscent of it. It's like all their, everything's their lives are kind of falling apart, right? Like all the mm-hmm. lies and all the artifice um, it is kind of, yes, you can. All right. Lachlan can go to his friend's house. Um, <laughs> I'm going to keep that on the podcast. Um, all their lies and their, uh, like, uh, Ed says later, right. All of this blah, 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 is, is falling apart. And even this, they're like going outside and smoking and like they're complaining and they're being totally hypocritical. And she's talking about a party that she shouldn't be throwing. And I do it. Th- this episode gave me a little bit of hint of something, which is. I have enjoyed uh, all the characters on this show and I've enjoyed these women, but there is of course a part of them that I don't know if I met them in real life that I really would enjoy them. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. uh, And this episode, I think I I would actually like Bonnie and I might like Jane. You know <laughs> the what? rest I, of them, I don't know. See, I mean, I I think I would like Madeline. I really do. I don't. I think that if she were the way she came across to Jane in the very first episode of the first season, if she were that friendly, I probably would too. See. But like getting to see more inside of her, I'm like, seriously, lady. Yeah, I wouldn't get too close. <laughs> you make I'd me say, tired. <laughs> I, I would like to hang out and talk with her. Like if right. our kids were playing at a park or something, I would totally yeah, tell my wife. Yeah, I could talk to like, Celeste oh, like, too. Renata, yeah. I don't think, I mean, I like watching her, especially this season, more so than last yes. season. But like, I could not hang with Renata. She would be <laughs> <laughs> on my last nerve in like a half a fucking second. Yeah, and Celeste to Celeste, I could just not. It's almost impenetrable. I'm not. Yeah, I would have no has, interest. She's very aloof. Yeah, I would have no interest. I'd be like, aloof. whatever, right? You know, uh, Jane, I would like Bonnie. I, the, Jane and Bonnie are my kind of people. Uh, mm-hmm. We would definitely chill immediately. Um, but and I think I would like Matt. But yeah, so I think this episode is is displaying that. Okay, it, with, with full colors. We forgot about Mary Louise. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, it goes without saying. I'm not I hanging not out hang with her. If I saw her at a park, I'd just look at her and I'd, I could tell the aura alone. Uh-huh. Um, yes. I'd get a flash like Bonnie's mom. Uh, but I think <laughs> that this, this beginning here and in many scenes is illustrating that. And I think the, the, these I mean, look at what happens with Celeste later. She is taking a lot of like she doesn't know what's going on, right? Like Mary Louise has a point. So I just want to say that right off the bat, a lot of this episode to me was I think almost reminding the audience, like, hey, yeah, this is fun, and we've seen some fun uh, scenes, and there wasn't even as much humor in this episode. I found. I mean, it's still very funny, 
Um, but you know, what are you going to do? Mary Louise gets there. Um, and that was so creepy, especially when she says, does that? Oh, she, I mean, I didn't, uh, when the doorbell rang, I knew it was going to be her grandsons. Like it's, didn't you know it was going to be her when the doorbell rang? Well, yeah, but (laughs) (laughs) she shouldn't be there, but you knew she was, you knew she was going to show up. And then she just keeps getting crazier and crazier. So creepy. And then she says, I, I see two. I somehow I thought there would be three, you know, like mm. she's bringing the family together and they're just shot. Like their faces are just like the women are just looking at her. Like what is going on? Yeah. It's another appropriate uh, thing with the, the dialogue and stuff. Ziggy tells her that his pumpkin is shocked when she says it's intriguing. And Madeline says, I think we're all a little shocked. It was just funny because, yes, they were, understandably. And then the Bonnie introduction was so, you know, she was saying to her, just saying, is this, this is the one that pushed my son. You know what I mean? Like you could see that and earn her. And she was trying to say something. And what did she say? You had the dialogue down here. She says she doesn't remember having met her before and oh. that she would certainly remember as she's so, so beautiful. Yes. She has to do that little, those little knives, mm-hmm. little knives with a smile. Backhanded compliment. Oh, and then she drops a new, she says she got a, a unit in Jane's building so she can live right next door to her. Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. That's not creepy. Isn't that convenient? Oh, wow. That, that was like, whoa. It's like a double hit, too. You know, people like Mary Louise um, love to do that double attention hit where, like, arrive unexpected and then drop a bomb. You know what I mean? Like, Mary Louise would be a great reality show contestant, <laughs> right? Like, she should be on Big Brother. She would be amazing. Yes. yes. Or Survivor. She'd be great on Survivor. Oh, wonderful. She would be wonderful. I don't wonderful. know if she has the physicality anymore to be on Survivor or um, whatever. And, and yeah. <laughs> then we get the um, we get the uh, slapping incident. And this was- Well, uh, right. You, that's when Celeste yeah. takes Mary Louise away to for a word. Um, but then Bonnie looks at Mary Louise with a strange look on her face. And then Mary Louise returns that look and she literally scratches her head. Not just, you know, figuratively, like in your mind, scratching my head because she's literally doing that. And that comes back to Bonnie later. But yeah, she takes her out in the hall and uh, that that conversation, she's like, you're you're moving in. She's you're becoming perverse and you're moving in with your son's rape victim. And Mary Louise, as always, has her excuses. I'm not moving in with her. And it's just. I can't, I can't with her. And when she says, I'm not convinced as you are, perhaps, that she was a rape victim. What? Why was he even with her that night? What was he looking for? Or perhaps seeking refuge from? So, like, she not only says that Jane's lying, but that she is... But right. that the, If there's one, there are others. Yeah. And then and that, it's, it's Celeste's fault. Mm-hmm. Right? Like she's now, she's gone from her husband would never cheat on her. Right? He mm-hmm. worships Celeste. He was always, uh, he was always faithful in everything he did to, okay, he, he, she's now accepted because she has to accept that Ziggy's her grandson. Right? 
And now it's that it's Celeste's fault. She pushed him. And now you can see how it's going to become because of the drugs she invented. She was the violent one, all that kind of stuff, you know, like the story that Mary Louise is creating. And I think, mm-hmm. I, I think, think you're right. Celeste sees this and that's where that slap comes from. You know, like she's building an alternative story. And the biggest problem with this story, Jenny, is that Celeste is actually starting to believe it. Because remember Mm -hmm. last week, she was all into the great memories of Perry and how how he watched videos with the kids or whatever. You know, remember that? Like... She And even in this, we get a, a scene with the uh, therapist. She's like falling for it too. She's so, I mean, I, I'm not blaming her. Look at what she's been through. Mm-hmm. Um, and But also none of her friends are really helping her. I mean, I think the therapist in the scene we have is trying, but that is with her, right? Or is the therapist with uh, Madeline? I can't remember. The therapist is with Celeste. It's okay, one of those yeah. really, really short But it's scene. like, they're not, these women are not helping each other at all. You know, that's a lot of what I'm seeing too. They're kind of like propping up each other's bullshit, you know? Like you'd think one of them would have told Renata not to have the party, but they just kind of backbite and move on. Um, but I don't know. The acting in this scene was amazing too, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Meryl Streep and Nicole Kidman both. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Um, so then we get a little scene here with, uh, and this is laying the groundwork too. I think in a in a many so many ways, Celeste played right into Mary Louise's hands by slapping her. Agreed, because. We already know, you know, she's, well, I don't know that we know in the episode yet, but, um, you know, she's talking to the attorney and everything. And um, Celeste is just big, digging herself a, a bigger hole. Yep. And I think Mary Louise was probably goading her to get her to do something like that, because I think you're right. I think it, that she's going to turn it around on Celeste and say that it was Celeste that was the abuser that, that Perry was running around on her because she was so awful to live with and look, she's on drugs and et cetera. I, I, I could see that easily. I, I really, out. yeah. Yep. It's coming. It's coming. All right. So from one drama to the next, Jenny, here we go. Um, Madeline (laughs) and Ed. Uh, This is a nice little scene. And you made reference to the great editing here of the the ocean and the sound of the ocean turning off the the wave into the faucet. Mm -hmm. And um, again, this show just continues with the the cinematography. And I I do want to say again, they keep on showing that damn bridge. And, 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 you know, what? one of the things that Mary Louise says is you drive your kids over that bridge. Well, you she know? says it to Jane when, uh, Oh, she was talking about, do you let her drive the kids? Yeah. Right. Um, okay. That's when she I think, said, I think it. it was in, in the conversation okay. with Jane later, but okay. yeah, still, even if she didn't say it to Celeste, but, she was talking yes. about Celeste. Yeah. They show you, that let, do you let your son ride with her? But then another time she mentioned the bridge. Right. Mary so she Louise. may have said that to Celeste. Yeah. I'm not, I so, don't remember if I wrote that down. showed it three times this episode. So mm-hmm. we might, some, uh, you know, Perry's, uh, Perry, my wife, not Perry, the husband in this show, uh, has the theory that somebody's going off that bridge this season. 
and uh, that might happen. But let's get it to could. Madeline and Ed. All right. Uh, they, they, this is one of kind of two conversations that they have, um, little fights in their kitchen this episode. And uh, he just kind of comes down on her and uh, they're just not getting along. No, they're not. Uh, she just was in regular Madeline mode when he walked in and asked her what all the stuff was, which was the remaining stuff from the party. And she just talks about she she's just Madeline. She talks about the town and complains about Amabella's party. And um, then she asks Ed why he's staring at her. And uh, he says, um, you know, there's never any middle ground with you like when you're upset it's charged full speed ahead if there's a problem charge if there was a problem with us where was the charge yeah. why wouldn't you come straight at me like you go at everyone else which is a valid point and it's like dude he's call and she has no answer well her it answer is you know what she says jenny i think this is very subtle she says but i didn't have a problem with us i had a problem with me right and then he just walks off and if I was Ed, I would have said a problem with you is a problem with us. That's the truth. And that's what you don't get because he's never been on her team. He's just her husband. You know what I mean? He's like Ed, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the way it probably always will be between them. And that's why Ed is trying hard to score with Bonnie. <laughs> we see it happening don't put it past this dude i'm telling I, you yes they were dancing this show is reminding us who these people are i'm telling you ed is gonna make I, now i'm totally convinced with what's going on the way he's being wishy-washy you know she calls we can just jump into the later scene with ed and madeline she calls him out later and says like just like either stay or leave and i you know what i mean she was the one who cheated, but in this case, I got to say something. She's right. Mm -hmm. She's right. Right. Like if you're going to end it, let's, let's make a clean break. Yeah. Let's, but you know, if not, then let's work on this, which, you know, he deserves to have some time to, uh, to be angry. I, I mean, because you're allowed to be angry, but be angry and let's be working on it yes, um, exactly. as opposed to you just being angry and we're not getting anywhere. If you want to be gone, be gone. You're getting it's you're not it's not only not getting anywhere, you're making it worse because the only reason he's hanging out with her is so he can be mean to her is so he right. can get his anger out at her. Right. Yes. And that's not. And, and you're just both it. miserable. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then she's gets more. And also, do you really think she's going to take that? Like, that's why he likes her. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That's the frustrating part is he knows she's going to respond. So then they just end up hurting each other more. So that in this case, I have to say Madeline's right. And I think Ed is like, you know, I mean. I don't, I don't think he has much of a spine in this case. And this is probably why they're in this situation is he just doesn't deal with shit and he would rather mope around and kind of whine about it and right. be angry about it. Then, you know, and then, and then try to like secretly hone in on Bonnie. I don't know. I'm getting, you know what? 
I'm kind of liking Gordon and now I'm off Ed. <laughs> I'm liking Gordon. I'm off Ed. And, I do uh, like Gordon better this episode. Yeah. But so um, now we get Bonnie. We get more flashes. Bonnie rolling, watching the raves roll in, remembering the kids, a trivia night. Um, and she's taking a hit of uh, of look like some weed. Um, mm-hmm. They're all kind of hanging out together. Well, she she was she was there by herself, I think. Oh, were she they not hanging been, out with Jane and Corey too? I, I could I wasn't sure because we didn't see them all together, but she might have been. Okay. She might have been nearby. But she was remembering and she remembered that day that they took the, the like the last scene in the last episode yeah, of the first yeah. season when they took all the kids out that night or day and after. Keep on coming whenever. back to that. Right. And then she also remembered that moment of Mary Louise scratching her head when she walked away from her at Madeline's house uh, earlier. Um, and then she took a hit on the joint. And then we went to Jane and Corey. Um, they were surfing and she was telling them about the disco theme party. And these were both, again, really, really short episodes. And then it was Mary Louise at the outdoor cafe where Celeste joins yeah. her. I, I like these little quick scenes, though. They're cool. I like the way that it kind of shows us a little checking in. And this is this outdoor cafe has replaced with the wicker seats and this, these creepy chairs and everything and i like the way that the whole area is just kind of framed by that like wicker chair in the back it's just Mm -hmm. kind of a spot um Mm -hmm. this has been where they've been hanging out this season instead of the seaside cafe Mm -hmm. with that dude who jane went on the date with the trivia night date so it's interesting that they've kind of subtly replaced that place and I have not. I want. I I did a little reading about the show, but I I I, I I'm af- always afraid of spoilers. But when it, when the season's <laughs> over, I'm going to figure out production wise why they made that change. Be- was it just the character? Did they just want to change it up? Because they're going pretty much going to this little cafe here with the chairs every mm-hmm. episode. Well, so you had mentioned to me that other podcast that um, it's on the Jay and Jack Network, the broad. Yeah, the broadcast. Yeah. Well, the one that they're doing on Big Little Lies, Broad Little Lies, I think it's yes. called. Yep. So I listened to a few of their episodes and one of the ladies uh, lives in Monterey and she mentioned that this cafe, now she did not mention why they weren't filming the other one, but she had mentioned that it's actually a set. And it was set up in some part. See, that's what I didn't. So, I, I'm telling. Yeah. See how I was saying it's just framed by that chair, like it just mm-hmm. exists. Yes, uh, you can cut. I, see, that's my little bit of my filmic sense. I guess was just it looked like they just kind of created it. Yeah. For so this, yeah, right? that's interesting. <laughs> wow, I didn't hear that part because I regularly do listen to that. But uh, that's a great. Yeah, that's a great podcast. We've been talking about maybe doing a season wrap up with them. Yeah. That would be fun. Listen to that. What broad little lies. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wasn't she um a uh extra too? Yeah, uh they haven't uh, we well maybe this episode might have been the one that she was in because it had not oh, okay, occurred cool. yet for the first three episodes. That's so awesome. we don't know yet. <laughs> unless awesome. they've dropped it today and I didn't see it. <laughs> um and this is where well it's at I don't this know what scene. day they come out on. Um, it's at, uh, yeah, I'm not sure either. It's at this scene, um, where at this little cafe where Mary Louise really kind of, she's rolling it out now. 
right? She's rolling out the new mm-hmm. story, the new line that mm-hmm. she's worried about the boys. She seems erratic. Um, Celeste is on the defense now. Um, she's mentioning the accident. Yeah, she tried to turn it around, but mm-hmm. it didn't work. <laughs> well, do, what do you think? Do you think so? Oh, I I think Mary Louise. I okay. So, um, yes, yeah, Celeste tried to turn it back around on Mary Louise, saying, you know, well, after the accident, your husband left. Perry told me, uh, you know, you were alone. And well, but what Mary Louise sa- says is she just basically accepts it all. Like, but I think that just goes to show us how crazy she is. Yeah, that's but what I was meaning. She's yeah. she's like. The way she's accepting it is just like, okay, well, here, yeah, it was my fault. And guess what? It's your fault, too. It for- doesn't matter. <laughs> so, I mean. You can't do it. Nothing yeah. you say is going to work. Right. Nothing, nothing. What? She's we, like, we, it was my fault. Okay. You know what? It reminds me of a person who we hear a lot about in the news every day. No matter what, she's going to turn it. You know, it's never going to be her fault. She's never going to take responsibility. She's never the offending uh, party. She's always mm-hmm. the offended, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she oh, and 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 she can rise above where others can't mm. as well. She's a nutball. She's something else that Mary Louise. <laughs> yeah. Man, Meryl Streep is amazing. She is really amazing. Cause this, you know, I heard, I saw, I read on Twitter and I, this got a little play cause I saw somebody else tweet about it and mention something that Meryl Streep might actually be basing this character on the famous film critic, Pauline Kael, who supposedly had a similar way of speaking um, and also hated Meryl Streep as an, I guess I shouldn't say hated, whatever, but was, was not a fan of hers, um, in reviews mm-hmm. and that this is her kind of way she incorporated <laughs> that into this character. Now, I don't know if she'd ever admit that, but Meryl Streep is famous Streep strep. I always want to say strep, but I say Streep is, um, is famous for doing that. She's mentioned it in the past that there's like certain people she did kind of borrow from. Uh, but that would be really interesting. But just the way she turns things around just with a little, and it's never too much, you know, but yeah, this is a great one where she just, you're right. She just kind of admits to it, right? Like it's people can move on after tragedy, you know, mm-hmm. just not together. Like she just kind of turns it like, yeah, see, I had to learn not to have him. Now you're going to have to learn not to have your kids. Mm. Right. Yeah. Like y- you can accept that. Like, yeah. Right. You know, like, like she was like, well, and he went on to be a devoted father, like, and they'll grow on, you know, go on to be awesome young men like their father. Oh my God. Insane. Insane. But it's like Celeste can't do anything against this impending wave, you know? And there, this is where I want to drop a secondary theory that I have, why I think this might be true. Do mm-hmm. you think it's possible that Mary Louise is switching up Celeste's drugs? And, well, I mean... Is that Ambien, what she was Ambien doing? Ambien will do those things uh, that... 
it's being portrayed to do, like we mentioned when we talked about it before. But I mean, it's it's not impossible because I mean, if if it were like Rohypnol or one of those other ones yeah. that are all in that family of roofies, I think there's like three different ones, but um, at least two. But if it were one of those, I mean, that could also do what. I what don't it's know. Doing. You know, remember she was looking through the medication. She I keeps mean, on yeah, mentioning. that's what I'm saying. She could have put roofies yeah, in there. That's what I'm saying. Of... <laughs> she didn't remember the guy. But later. also the ambient, honest to God, Axel, I, I charge you to look it up <laughs> and read all the crazy side effects that people have reported from taking ambient. Okay, I'll believe it. I've you never really taken it. can. From what I have read and heard, you can be having sex and not really have any memory. I mean, other than like what she, like the little flashes, you know, she didn't yeah. really remember it. She didn't remember getting in the car. I, it, I, I guess you, I get, I guess so. I'm just, okay. I'll say uh, this is where I have to kind of say. But it could be roofies. I'm not going to yeah, discount From that. a TV perspective, I'm just saying that it would like, we keep on getting these Im- this imagery of the ocean and we constantly have of the waves, right? And in many ways, the, this like constant boom, boom. And that was like the memories that Jane had. It was the memories and, and, and what Jane went through and what Celeste has been through, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like now is, is, is Celeste is like caught in that and she is – it seems to me the way she's acting that she does have a drug problem at this point. Like if you're, she keeps on making these different choices that are obviously pretty freaking dangerous. Right. I mean, you know, you like Mary Louise car. has a point. You, you crash your car. Yeah. So I'm saying that for the sake of <laughs> so the if show. you really are taking that medication, you should know yeah. that you need to stop. But that's why I'm saying for the show purposes, it would, it would fit Mary Louise's character and the kind mm-hmm. of plot that she was, yeah, Ambien can have this, but guess what? She was, uh, she was secretly putting like a triple dose in there or something. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. she switched the pills, just an idea, just an idea. But, um, I guess, I mean, you know, that's why I'm not a pill person. I can't do pills. I mean, I take in a leave and I have to tell my wife, like, I'm going to act weird for 15 minutes. Cause this, when this hits, <laughs> I f- don't feel right. I'm just not into pills. Uh, I have to take medication for some uh, medical stuff I have. But other than that, I only take Tylenol for headaches now. But that's mostly because I have ulcers from taking too much ibuprofen. (laughs) All right. Let's talk more about our medical histories, Jenny. (laughs) It's just funny because I will take I will take like Tylenol, but I don't take like uh I, I don't like to take prescription like yeah, pain I medications no, me and neither. I wouldn't nope. want to take a prescription sleep aid. So no. those types of medications, that's I guess where I was going. Yeah. I don't, I don't generally take that kind of stuff because I, I don't like how it makes me feel either. Me, me neither. It's not, I'll take my, I'll take my Tylenol when I have a headache, but yeah. that's about all I can do these days. Yeah. I don't mind getting fucked up. That's just not my, pre- my preference. <laughs> um, all right. So let's move on. Taking a little break to talk to you about cufflinks.com. They got a special sale going on. Hey, you know what? They always do. All you need to do is go to cufflinks.com slash DVR, look on the homepage, and they're always telling you their codes right there. 
upfront. They want you to save. They want you to get in on it because they know that when you have big events, when you have a wedding coming up, this is the time when people are gouging you, right? But cufflinks.com doesn't do that. They want you to save. They want you to enjoy your event, not worry about it. They want you to look good. So go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. And there's so many codes. Every time you go, just look on the homepage and you'll see one. Go there today. We had a scene with Ed and Madeline. We kind of talked about them. Let's move on to Renata and Gordon at bankruptcy court. Um, this is a this is a great scene, and this uh, bankruptcy. I guess he's the judge, right? I, I think he's some kind of judge or trustee okay. or something. I don't know if those are interchangeable. Maybe even a magistrate. I did hear. I remember them saying something about the magistrate okay. or the judge. So meh. okay, so. He's fantastic. Once again, big nod to the casting on this show because he is immediately this character and it is immediately believable that he acts in the fashion that he acts, especially when he's sitting across from uh, these two creepers, Renata and Gordon. (laughs) (laughs) But what he does is it's a really, it's, it's a hard scene because it's heartbreaking when he's like, give me your wedding ring, right? What's Mm -hmm. this charge for your, your Botox, like making fun of her. Like it's demeaning. It's not humane. Right. But then they did wrong. This is an expense. So it's just a, it's a complicated scene. Right. Made more complicated by the fact and in casting too, um, that this guy is so hard on them. You know what I mean? He's right, not right. having a day with them. He is not putting up with it at all. No, he's not. Uh, I. Okay. So I'm going to say, though, that I have to do a little suspension of disbelief in this, in that if Renata really did grow up poor, like, Baroque, poor, 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 or even lower middle class anywhere. I don't even know that she lived in California. You know what I mean? She should have some kind of grasp of the reality of being poor, unless she has been rich for since she was 20. (laughs) Yeah. And ridiculously rich. I mean, I feel like not necessarily what it's going to be like in bankruptcy court, especially for the uber rich, but her, she's just, uh, I, well, I think everybody has the scene and I, but it was a little suspension of disbelief because I felt like she should have some perception of what that would be like from growing up poor. Well, I don't, I don't disagree with you, but I think that that's, that's probably because that is something you, you know, like that's who she is and everybody has their own kind of, uh, makes up their own story. You know what I mean? And she's yeah, so the persona af- she puts on yeah, and she's so afraid of being poor again. And it's so true. And being rich or poor is such a part of her identity, right? Like that's not everybody's identity. You know what I'm saying? Like television film often portrays a person's economic state as being in, in a sense, their identity, but there's lots of people who are, live in whatever way they want to live, no matter how, regardless of their money. But for her, she has defined herself by this wealth and this excess in Mm -hmm. which she lives. 
That's true. Um, so That's true. it's fear, I think, really, that you're seeing there, you know, and and the way that she's being treated by him, too. And again, there's a racial dynamic there, too. Right. And she's kind of coming at him. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. it's probably for this dude who sits there in this court seeing all these rich people come in. That's his job all the time. That's probably, that's the 10th couple like that he's seen every day. And then he goes on lunch break and he's like, these motherfuckers are probably throwing a a theme party for their kid this weekend. And they are. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just, I thought it was a great scene because it had so much going on like that, you know? And God damn that wedding ring. I mean, come on. I mean, really? Like, right. was that and a we wedding? saw her playing with that ring oh my at the God. end. Wasn't it, was it last episode at the end of it? I remember her. Yeah. It was in the little ending montage. I think you're right. Yeah. Good. They do that a lot. They, I don't know why, but they're there sticking things there. See, that's something that I could, should go back and like, if now we're halfway good to kind of look through some episodes because they did that last year too, where they put flash forwards in little flashes of what was going to oh, happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, coming yeah. down to the like credits. If even if the, so the, the opening scene uh, last season, you know, was, was the mostly end. the yeah. stuff from the very last yeah. episode. So yeah. it's like, I think we talked about that once already though, how this, this new opening montage um, has Doesn't a lot of the water that. scenes and the bridge, but it has the kids too. But is that, that scene with the kids, is that going to be like parts of that were like from, earlier episodes like the one uh, in the in the first season i mean the the one part that was ziggy and chloe coming at the camera they had done yes. that when uh madeline and ed kept ziggy for that. jane yeah. when she went to San louis obispo or whatever it was but um they had other stuff that was definitely from trivia night so are there parts of this opening montage that are going to be clues to what happens in the end and there is a lot more water in this opening montage um this season plus there's the scenes with the kids again so when when are we going to see that scene with the kids and we've seen so much water this season but man i'm telling you that water you know what water is on something water (laughs) is on a beach but you know where else water is in a car when it goes flying off a bridge that's where water is too um, but we end up with them taking an Uber. It's not even an, is it an Uber? It's like a taxi. It's like has a I meter. In it. I mean, I, I didn't see the meter. If you say there was one, I believe it. I just figured it was some kind of ride share. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but this is another, really Laura Dern was fantastic in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and this scene, and then we get to Am- Amabella's party and this party, we kind of go back and forth with the party and some scenes with Mary Louise. But let's just talk about the party. Um, there's several kind of uh, segments to the party. Basically, everybody is there. So it's yes. a rarity that all, all of our characters are there. I, I, is anybody not there? Um, no, everybody's the principal. there. The principal. <laughs> <laughs> He should be there, though. And the teacher. Yeah, the teacher. And the therapist. Those are the only three people that are not in this scene. Yes. Um, You know, Bonnie's mom's there. Uh, Corey is there. Oh, Bonnie's dad's not there. Oh, okay. That's right. Bonnie's dad isn't there. And he arrives later, too. Okay, Mm -hmm. so interesting. Where was Bonnie's dad? Interesting. 
he kind of seems to be coming and going, but that could just be a, a plot thing too. Um, but we, you never know. Um, but they're all dressed up in their, in their, uh, in their disco, their disco downs. And Renata is trying to get everybody to be so happy. And there's that great scene. Just mention it from the beginning when she's talking. Oh my God. And then she sees somebody and she's like, Oh my, Oh, hi. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's just her to a T and Laura Dern is just acting her ass off. Um, but the whole scene, the whole time that they're at this party, I, it, you can't help but think to yourself, like, what are they doing? Like, they just got back from bankrupt. Like, they just will not accept reality. Um, and it's just the excess of this party. And then they hired some guy, right? Like some old Motown guy or something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to, to um, well, I guess that would have been us, but for them. These kids, right? Like, I forget how old I am now, right? Like, but it's we're not quite as old as that. (laughs) Well, I can remember, like, in our day, that's what a party would have. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like when we were little kids. Yes, but then these are old disco guys. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, this is just a great scene. What are some of the stuff? What are some of the parts that you liked? Um, I thought that. I, I thought all of it was really good. I mean, yeah, they had the stuff where they, she entered, you were right. Laura Dern is acting her ass off. Um, I liked the scene uh, right after that, when they all came in and uh, Celeste is drinking her champagne. Madeline's talking about the retreat. Cause Madeline is always talking about, guess what? Madeline. Uh, <laughs> Madeline is very self-centered, <laughs> but we love her anyway. Uh, but when Bonnie walks up and she interrupts and asks um, Celeste what Mary Louise knows, because obviously she's like, she gave her a really strange look at the pumpkin party. Um, Celeste uh, mentions that, you know, she's suspicious of her and uh, they continue on. And then it goes into the, are you blaming me going back and forth? And that I probably think that that was, amazing but it's like then it goes into you know another they play another song and it's just all of this stuff at Amabella's party was really well acted and very good yeah this was and we see that um that they're they're being able to have this discussion but again it's like in the middle of this party right there's all these kind of people around um and it doesn't seem to really have much of a conclusion here between Bonnie and Celeste. Do you think that, I mean, she is kind of blaming her, but then again, there's a point. Well, that- no, but, but Celeste says I blame myself. All right. Yeah, and like, yeah. like when, when we talked about it before, you know, that was what Celeste said. And she was the first one right after it happened. She was in Bonnie, at least in that set of scenes, she was in Bonnie's face saying, you know, it was me. It was, I pushed him. So she blames herself. And I think she's being very honest there, but um, they, Madeline is on the defense because that's where Madeline lives. And I, I think that she, just is doing what she normally, I mean, her personality has her do. She's just like, oh my God, they all, they're blaming me. They're blaming me. Everybody thinks it was my fault. And I, I really, um, I thought this whole scene was amazing. But um, at the end, when um, Celeste says, 
no, we're not blaming you behind your back, Madeline. And uh, no, she says, no, we're not blaming you behind your back, Madeline. And then Bonnie says, we're right here. It's to your face. And I'm just like, whoa. Yeah. Bonnie is something ha- like, again, something happened with Bonnie and we don't find out. The, the name of this episode is she knows, right? Mm-hmm. And we taught you mentioned, I think a little bit that you think that you agree with me that it's Bonnie's mom that knows. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't know if Bonnie's mom. So watching this episode and the interactions with Bonnie and her mom, I'm not as certain that Bonnie told her mom what happened, but I think whatever it is that Bonnie's mom practices, new age, whatever voodoo uh, Wicca, I, I have no idea, but whatever it is that she practices and the visions that she has, she, well, she definitely knows something is wrong. And I thought that she knows was more alluding to, she knows Bonnie's going to be dead. Oh, wow. Okay. Dang. Because of her seeing that, uh, the vision she has at of the end of Bonnie floating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I could be wrong. <laughs> uh, that's just. Yeah. It's interesting because in this scene, we're getting here where Bonnie is just like, she's got, she, she was so sullen before, but now she's just like defiant. We're right here. It's to your face. Yeah. Like it was your fault. You know what I mean? Like, well, I appreciate, I appreciate that both of them are saying, we're not blaming you behind your back. And Bonnie was kind of saying, yeah, we do blame you. And I do feel like Bonnie does blame her some. I don't think that Madeline or I don't, I mean, Celeste, I don't think that Celeste truly blames Madeline. I think she Mm, thinks Madeline is complicit because Celeste felt like it was her, her own fault regardless. So she would have taken the blame. It's so complicated. Exactly. Everyone has their own reason. Celeste sees it differently. And, and I can see though where Bonnie's coming from because it was Madeline's story that they chose to tell. So if she has to pick someone to blame, she's not, you know, Celeste took a beating all the time. This man had beat her. And so of course I would at least feel more, um, empathy towards Celeste than Madeline in that situation too. So I guess that's part of where I'm coming from with that. They're every, the only per, the only person to blame is Perry, (laughs) right? Like, let's just be honest here. Nobody has blame. The only person to blame is Perry really. But yes, Madeline did kind of form the conspiracy because that's kind of who she is, right? She takes charge and she need, she know she knew that she needed to kind of set the tone. And my feeling would be that Renata, and it looks like from what we've seen, Renata kind of jumped right in understanding what needed to be done, right? Just like how Renata made herself on the cover of the magazine. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what they do. Um and what Bonnie wanted to do is live truthfully, live a truth, the reality. Now, the show, it's called She Knows, but there's three people that could know. Bonnie, I mean, I mean, Bonnie could have told her mom. So Bonnie's mom, Mary Louise, they could say she knows, as in Mary Louise knows something's up, right? She knows. Well, but, yeah, she definitely does know something's up. But there's a third person. Someone who makes two appearances in this episode, the detective. Yes, Quinlan. Has Bonnie told Quinlan? Mm, Has she somehow started, like, I had to, like, and they're not ready to arrest yet. They're talking to her. 
you know, I'm, I don't, I'm just bringing it up, but I'm saying Bonnie's attitude has changed in this scene. She's so forthright that it's just like, what caused this major shift? She was like, so looking at it from that perspective, the scene in the hospital later when Bonnie sees her, when she's coming back to the room and she runs at her and yells at her. What are you doing? Oh, here? I forgot that was Bonnie. I forgot so, it was Bonnie who did that. Okay. So just no, no, because of that, what you were just oh. saying, like I could take that scene later two different ways because how I had originally, I guess, taken it was that she, you know, that Quinlan seems to be stalking them. Um, not really, but you know, their percept that that's the perception that we're given from the scenes that were shown. Yeah, now I know what you're. Gonna but say. if if she <laughs> is, has told her something, yeah. she would feel guilt yeah. that seeing. Yeah, you know where I'm going. Yeah, you're. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 right. That's funny because first I forgot, and I thought you were going to say, "Oh, well, that shows it wasn't. She couldn't have done that." That that downplays your theory, but then you turned it around for me. See, you were a part of my theory, Jenny, <laughs> because I, I could see that. I could yeah. see that scene. That's from why she got so upset Yeah, because she's she like, could- I already told you I did it and you said it's okay. Cause like, right. I just imagined this. It seems to me that this whole show is about people lying. It's called big little lies. They don't, they think they're little, but they become big. They bottle up and explode. They hide They hide it until they have to talk about it instead of just dealing with it. If they just were truthful and just dealt with their emotions as they were, instead of trying to predict an outcome or another person's reaction, right, then their lives would be so much better and be filled with more love and truth and light and happiness, but instead, they consistently lie and manipulate and try to control other people and the elements of their life. Um, and uh, I think that in the end, could it be that Bonnie tells Detective Quinlan, Quinlan says, look, let me tell you something. The case is closed. I could, I could, I could write up this report right now and we could reopen it and we could interview anyone. And what's going to happen to you? Your conscience is cleared and then all these people and all my time is wasted. Like you could see her literally saying that and you've got this crazy lady coming, you know, coming after you whose Mm -hmm. husband beat up the wife. You don't want. And then she just walks out. Right. And then that's why Bonnie gets upset. But then in the end, the women, because they keep on scheming, they end up like killing Mary Louise to try to stop her from going to the cops when the cops already know. You know what I'm saying? So like, is the show setting us up? That would be interesting. I just feel that. I'm sorry I'm being so predicty this episode, but (laughs) I just feel it. That's who you are, Axel. Yeah, it's You like to throw the theories out there. Well, it's because I just feel this episode- And it's part of discussing the episodes. It makes it more interesting. Yeah, it's like pushing me in this direction that it seems like we're going to get like a a huge threes company thing happening here where I just feel like the detective is a red herring. I don't feel like, I feel like the real threat here is Mary Louise taking away the kids and the lie that they told themselves, not the actual detective or the law. 
I think you may be right. Hmm. And we will see. Yeah. All right. So I, 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 I am looking forward to the rest of this season, honestly. I mean, I can't, I, I don't want Bonnie to die because I want him to make a third season. I would be down with Mary Louise dying any minute. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Although Meryl Streep's acting, acting has been amazing. Uh, so I guess I want her to live through this season, but then she yeah. can be gone. <laughs> yep. Uh, so we get, let's, let's talk about more of the party. Um, Renata watches Amabella dancing with one of the twins. Oh, how times have changed. Uh, right. right? Um, and then Gordon and Renata have another kind of conversation and, you know, they're like at the same place as Ed and Madeline. It's like, look, you either have to make a decision to go, you just can't stay together in order to torture each other. Um, mm-hmm. and she just keeps on, you know, she's either going to blame him or not, but they've got to kind of work through it, you know? Um, but then in the end, uh, she's, she kind of ends up blaming herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, she, she's right. She Which says, is what we know, all kind on, of, you know, she says it's all on her. Uh, it's her choices, her stupidity, uh, my and the line that yes, I have said that. My friends have said that. My picker's broken when you're not when you're at the end of a bad relationship or just out of a bad relationship. And yeah, my picker's broken. Yeah, which is a set. It's like you can see that that's how she is. Like she's blaming herself, but then again, mm-hmm. that's what drives her. You know. Like she kind of, she's like, blame herself. I'm not going to make that mistake, you know? So she's kind of already made her decision. Um, we get Jane and Corey dancing and then she has a, she has a flash um, to what happened with Perry. Mm-hmm. And then this is where we get later where she tells Corey what happened. Um, yes. What do you, I mean, I like the fact that Jane is being so honest. Here I am talking about how everybody lies about anything, but then I was saying Jane's being too honest. I think that this is, I think that this might be, they've had a bunch of dates. This is an appropriate time to discuss this with him. And I think that this whole scene was really, let's just talk about that too, how this, she immediately opens up about it, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm proud of Jane as a character. Yeah. She's really, she's developed a uh, kudos because I am not that open with my feelings. So yeah, Jane has really uh, come very far and she's kind of doing what no one else on this show is doing, which is dealing with things directly and being open with Corey about it, not waiting until it be, until she's, it becomes a big thing or she's uh, it's, it's so, so dramatic. She just tells him. And I think the way he just grabs her hand, it was just really sweet. And they dealt with this in a really respectful and just great manner. I thought that this whole thing was great. Um, but I do have to say that my conspiracy minded mind uh, did go off and I just saw the look and I just saw him just wanting to protect her and the way Mary Louise is coming at her. And I, I just, I saw a future that doesn't, that is, that isn't good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So uh, next we have Bonnie and her mom dancing. Um, and then she tries to do her, her, the voodoo that she do. And she says she doesn't, she doesn't want to do that anymore. Right. Right. 
And this is like the third time that she said to her mom, like, Hey mom, I'm not into this. And this plays into that, um, the review that we got earlier that we talked about in the beginning, which is why I think that I kind of missed the forest for the trees there, which is just, I think like Bonnie and her mom, there was a schism in their past and it seems mm-hmm. to be surrounding their beliefs, mm-hmm. you know, like whatever Bonnie's mom believes in with the crystals and the lee and the, and the, and the uh, feather or whatever, that stuff the, that she told the chicken bone. Yeah, yeah. I don't want this in my house. And then she tries touching her. So it's like that they kind of, though they are mother and daughter, they seem to have a very different, different view on the world when it comes to that kind of stuff. And she kind yeah, of moves and away I think from it's, her. I think it's later, but later we have that um, another memory that Bonnie has where her mom, um, like I think I had mentioned last episode where um, we see things in our mind's eye, kind of how we remember them. Yeah. And so if you're a child, you might remember it a little differently than the adult in this situation remembers it. But when I forget what the memory is before it, and we'll get to, to there and I'll say, Oh yeah, that was it or whatever. We'll just skip over it. But her, she remembers her mom grabbing her and, Oh, it's she remembers her mom grabbing her face when they're dancing, and she then remembers a scene from her childhood where her mom had a hold of her arms at her sides and like almost shook her, and she just had this very intense yeah. look on her face. Yeah. yeah. So they and have I, a very interesting dynamic, and I I want to know more. And it's like so they pack I. so much in, they pack so much in, but it's like I still I still want more. You need to tell me what is going on. And let's like, not forget that line when Bonnie says, I mean, when Bonnie's mother says to her, "What have you done again?" Remember, mm-hmm, she said, "Did mm-hmm. something happen again?" So there's some other what did event. You do? Yeah, there's some other event that happened before in their lives that also involves the uh, belief system here that her mother has that Bonnie maybe purposefully moved away from her parents to get away from. Uh, It seemed, you know, because they had accused her of kind of running away from them before her mother Mm -hmm. um, in the first episode. So yeah, it's just really interesting to me. I want to kind of know what happens. Um, Then we get a little bit of uh uh, Madeline and Ed, and this is like talked about when he talks about the dog and pony show, um, which is I kind of agree with him in that case. Like everything there is so fake. Yeah, um, it is. You know, and then they, we get another little, we get a Nathan and Ed thing. <laughs> they are so idiots. fucking so ridiculous. And then, and then, and then Nathan tries to play it off. Hey, we were just kidding around, you know, like, oh yeah, that's because that's. That's normal. Like 50-year-old men normally just wrestle on the ground and punch each other like that, like they're three years old, you know? But the fact that he actually thought the two he could of them play are it off, so ridiculous. Yeah, they really, really are. It's really silly. But I like that they threw that in because it's just kind of like Nathan just has to act. It is dopey. definitely how those two interact. Yes. And Nathan has not had a whole lot to do this season. Yeah. No, no, he hasn't. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I'm not really <laughs> complaining about that too much. No, he's um, still a one-note character. Now we get really 
the big part of the party, handing out these goodie bags. Again, such extravagance. Like as she hands those out, I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, in um, uh, in like a couple months when they have absolutely nothing, she's gonna be thinking about how each of those is like a meal that day, right? Like you know? she's giving out like coach no purses and wallets and Louis Vuitton. Ridiculous, like a step and repeat. Um, so then uh, Elizabeth passes out, um, and we get this kind of. But before it happens. She's touching Renata, right? Elizabeth is touching Renata. I think so, yes. And then she gets kind of a flash again mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she passes out. Mm-hmm. So, should we 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 you know, everybody's frantic, blah blah blah, you know, they uh, she's foaming at the mouth and then we see some more of those flashes, right? Mm-hmm. The water mm-hmm. and everything. Um, and mm-hmm. then she's in the hospital unconscious. She had a stroke. Uh, she had a, a, a blood clot in her her neck or something, he says. Well, they were going to clean artery. out. Or they yeah, were going to do surgery to clean out her carotid artery. Yeah. yeah. Her corroded artery. Um, <laughs> that's what I always think that of. That too. <laughs> and now there's a question here, which I think is kind of interesting that this show poses. Were these flashes that she was having are they should we believe that they are connected to what is going to happen in the show because the show itself has used flash forwards or was she having was she experiencing a medical condition that we saw visually illustrated on the screen or does it really matter Did I lose you? Sorry, I was muted. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I keep muting in between. Yeah. And you I'm don't like... need to mute. Just keep yourself unmuted. We get a little background. You know, it's, it's okay. Okay. Can... I want to hear you. <laughs> what did you ask me again? Do you think that these visions are... That... Oh, flashes forward yeah. or backwards? Are they flash forwards? Are they flash backwards? Or are they literally a medical condition that we've seen illustrated okay. on the show. You know I'm what I mean? I'm not sure. Yeah. No, you don't know. Honestly, I mean, I, think, yeah, I, mean I, I, I'm, I am perceiving them as like, she's having visions of the future kind of thing, but they could be just, I think what you kind of alluded to earlier, like perceptions, like, I don't like, like metaphors. Yes. I think like it, visual I, metaphors. In, in essence, I mean, it was kind of, I'm sorry I had to make, I had to unmute you to ask a question that really didn't have the answer, which was, I was looking for, there is no answer, right? It works no. thematically and it just, that's a well-told story, right? Like yes. when the visual themes the plot themes, the character motivations, everything is wrapped up and can be shown to the audience through flashes like this that they used last season to show a memory mostly that Jane was having, right? And now we're seeing these flashes from Bonnie's mom and it's associated with her spirituality. But now we find out it could also be a medical condition but in essence, does it really matter because it's what it underscores these lies, right? And this hidden world 
uh, that it really shows us. So um, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's it, Jenny. That's all I have to say. Good podcast. Um, okay, let's talk about oh, Mary Come Lee. on, we got more Mary Louise. Meeting with the attorney. So we had two quick scenes with the attorney. Um, and the first one is when um, uh, he she's just basically meeting with the attorney and then he gives her a list of attorneys to call. I thought that this was great, basically so that those attorneys won't be able to work with her because it'll be a conflict if they've spoken to Mary Louise first. Is this a real thing? I have not needed to have an attorney enough times to have any kind of knowledge to speak to that. Yeah. I don't know if it's a real thing. I thought that's only if they like, you're, you're, you're still allowed to meet. It's like, I don't think meeting spoke, speaking on the phone takes them out but i think that they added that to kind of show how savvy and it could could be a different law in california too like maybe that really could be the way it it is in california i I have no idea maybe it is california but but i think the reason why it's there and as we find out later is that mary louise basically got the best lawyer she got the shot because renata talks about it she's like i would have got her but yeah so she got the shark and she's not just going about this like, oh, I got, you know, she didn't get Saul Goodman, okay? She got like the <laughs> guy in who's known in this area. And this area has probably had fights like this many times before, right? Like it's probably- possibility. I mean, you'd think in an area of such affluent people, they have family members who are willing to sue them or be litigious. Whereas mm-hmm. in most families, you're not even going to, th- I mean, the cost of even retaining- a lawyer would be enough to not do it. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, but the attorney, we see another scene with the attorney. This is while we're seeing the party stuff and she's like reading through the whole thing. <laughs> He's like, you can read that at home. Yeah. She's sitting there reading it. Like she needs to read every sentence. And it's like, she has like three packets of paperwork and it's like, maybe, and I have to wonder yeah. like when we go forward later on, when Jane shows up at her door and she says, are you coming after my son next? Like it looked like there were three distinct staple packages and maybe yes. they were just three sets of the same I, paperwork, which is possible. Yeah. And triplicate. Yes. But I, mean, I thought the possible, same thing. But I did. It was three. I'm so and glad so you I thought said there was that. one for Max and one for Josh and one for Ziggy. Yeah. So see. that's what I thought there. And, you know, he also tells her, you know, you can read that at home. And then uh, he also tells her, you know, sh- that she's going to be alienated from the boys once paperwork is filed because, um, even though she may win custody, that doesn't mean that the boys will have affection for her, meaning right. that they, you took them from their mother and they don't necessarily want to go. So don't think they're going to like you for this. And uh, she says to him, this isn't about needing to be liked. Like, seriously, I don't, lady? I don't, need, I don't need my grandchildren so to love really, me Really, it's just about getting even yes. is what that means. And, and control. And control, mm-hmm. yep, and yes. having power and control, um, which is what Perry was all about too. And you see where he got it from. Um, and uh, it's uh, yeah, this these scenes are set, and in the way that she's got the shark lawyer, and she's more of a shark than the shark. 
You know what I mean? Like we find that out later on. These little mm-hmm. quick scenes were great. And that mm-hmm. point two of not needing to be liked. Mm-hmm. Um, now uh, we get a little scene with Madeline and Ed, but I think we kind of talked about that right. already. You know, he's got to shit or we get did. off the pot. We did. Uh, and then we jump to Jane and Celeste having drinks. And um, and then Jane asked Celeste if Perry ever raped her. And Celeste says no. And I turned to my wife and my wife turned to me and we both said she's lying. Don't you think she's lying? I mean, well, I think yeah, that he because, had raped her. Because, well, there were scenes that we actually yeah. saw last season where – while she, because that's what her life had been for however many years she had been with Perry, and there may have been some years when he did not do that, but it's been going on for a long time, obviously. Um, that's she, the way she had to have been raped. I mean, like really, truly raped at times in the past because visually watching it happen, the time on the couch. And I know the time I knew, you know, the time I'm talking about, Yeah, that was definitely rape. And she did not give consent and the look on her face, but because that was her experience for so many years, she wasn't calling it rape anymore, yeah. but it was still rape. Yes. That, yeah, she, and, yeah, and it her. had been happened. It had happened in the past when she considered it rape, but she's blocked that from her memory. It's almost as if she, she is, you know, in this sense, she's saying, well, what happened to you is different because it was some guy you just met and he did that to you, but mm-hmm. he was my husband, but it's mm-hmm. not different. And right. it, it right. never was different. And their relationship and the way in which, uh, their, the way in which their sexual relationship is being talked about in this case. And then also, um, the way that, Remember when Mar- when she slaps Mary Louise and she says, "What is that foreplay?" Mm-hmm. Right, the way she's categorizing it too, as though she uh, she owns part of that. It's her fault. She's responsible for what Perry did to her. Right. Yeah. Um, it's 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 very disturbing the way that Celeste is still processing all of it. Like it's you know what I mean, like. It's not just something she's going to like go to a few therapy sessions and get over. This is something with her entire life. She has to, she, it's a part of her that she needs to, uh, need, need, needs to come to terms with. And it seems like she's kind of floating back to the Perry was a good guy. He never raped me. He never did that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, it's string and it, it, is it the, is it the medication too? It's just what's happening with Celeste character this season is really fascinating to me and I, we got to see how it plays out. You know, we have to see how it plays out. Um, did you have anything more to say about that? Uh, not really. Other than I think that Celeste is definitely compartmentalizing and uh, just, just choosing to remember what? things the way yeah. she wants to remember we, and you can't bl- and it's not a blame thing like i'm not you know what right. i mean i'm just saying it's like it's she's in no she's been through she, so much she needs to deal with it because she has been through yeah. so much and when she's not she's not even dealing with it when she's in her therapy sessions and not- she's not dealing with mary louise either because no. at the end of this conversation 
uh, Jane decides to leave. And then Celeste tells her, oh, the twins are with Mary Louise. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're the lady, you're still allowing her to be such a part of your life. And it's just, man, I can't, I just can't with this situation. You know, I would, I would have, a couple episodes ago, I would have cut Mary Louise out of this. Mary Louise hasn't um, presented her with the papers yet, right? So where we're at talking about this no but the so, whole but but she she i mean wasn't wasn't the apartment enough and the way she talked me, about yes. the rape and the way she talked about <laughs> oh, what perry yeah, yeah, did yeah. to her i mean it's like <laughs> oh my god no no i mean but, but you're right, i think you're right. that she's trying to still see yes. the best and and yep. keep the boys they love their grandmother and looking at it from that perspective and not looking at it from a defensive perspective, she she does not have her defenses up around Mary Louise for whatever reason. Like, we all see these signs, but it's like Celeste is blinded. Yeah. And she's choosing to just see what she wants to see, just like she's choosing, she's choosing to see what she wants to see about her past with Perry. True, true. All right, then we get a scene where Bonnie is in the hospital with her mom. She gets some memories um, again. The, of, yeah, uh, like I talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. Yep, where her mom's kind of grabbing her and then it's mixed in with other stuff. Then Bonnie's dad, Martin, arrives. Um, he sits down and kind of says, like, did she incite this? Like, before the incident, mm-hmm. did you say something? And then he, and she's like, did I do this? And you can tell that. Bonnie doesn't seem to get along with her dad either. He's kind of coming and going on this trip here, right? Um, and and their interactions seem to be a lot less meaningful than in, and and in this one, it's downright hostile. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't seem like she has a great relationship with her dad. And is he really? her dad or is he her stepdad that she just calls dad like just wondering because like i've been like this little thing that's been running around my brain about um the whole thing with bonnie and um the what did you do and like like she had something in her past and so i feel like whatever Mm. the past thing is is something to do with domestic violence and her helping someone who was a victim of domestic violence. And so what, I mean, I don't know who it would have been, but like, what if this isn't really her dad and her dad died or I I don't, I don't know where if that, uh, that's just something that's like been running around in my head. So this just makes me wonder more because she, there's difficulty between her and her mom, but this, conversation with her and her dad they just it's it's like he has no affection for her at all exactly yeah you know what i thought the same thing too and And she she doesn't get up and say hey dad you know like mom like let's yeah and i i think she has referred to him as dad but like she might have even said dad in this scene but um he is making excuses for her mother elizabeth and Bonnie is just very, uh, what's the word? Like the way teenagers talk to their parents. Um, my my English vocabulary is gone Obstinate. right now. Um, I, I, um, I would say uh, 
is that it? Obstinate? Um, no, that's not the word I was no. looking Teenagers for. Teenagers don't talk good to enough. their parents. The way that they're just snotty, yeah. and that's not the word I was looking for either. But the way that they talk to their parents, insolent, that's the word. Insolent. I hate yep. it when I can't remember the word. There, That's how she was talking to him. But she, she was in the right because she didn't cause her mother's stroke. But like he, he's all... It's just that you know how easily upset she gets. And it's just, she just, she's like, I didn't cause her fucking stroke. And it, she, then she was pretty much done with well, the conversation. You know what? It, but it's just the way, the, the way that she talked to him was, and it's like, she has no respect for him, I guess I, is what I mean with the teenager I, I, I'm, thing. I'm going to say this. Bonnie's mother seemed to, seemed to know Nathan very well because perhaps she's married to him. Mm-hmm. You know, they, uh, and the way that he seems so doting. And like I said, originally, like he seemed to really love the mother, but not pay much attention to her, mm-hmm. to Bonnie. And maybe that's the, that's the dynamic of their family that the mother is this, you know, larger than life. She, she has a big personality. She's very spiritual. She knows what she believes. Right. And uh, Bonnie feels kind of maybe in her shadow and the dad was just kind of a guy. He was just kind of there. She doesn't feel like she has much respect for him. He's not much of a, you know, a quote unquote man. And mm-hmm. Nathan is pretty much the same way. So that's interesting. Um, uh, let's see. Mary Louise with the twins at the pizza. Pl- oh, more reminiscing about Perry. Jesus. Um, Renata washing her hands, removing a rhine, remembering ring. ring. I'm sorry. Remember another how, ring, but yeah. they made a point of her like take. It was weird because it brought back the other ring. Yeah. Yep. That's good. Madeline in bed. She tries to cuddle and, uh, he's having none of it. <laughs> right. And then she flashes to her time with the director of the play. She should get back with him. You know, why not? Why not <laughs> yeah, mess up your life more? it seems like his wife wanted to have an affair with Ed, but yeah. we haven't seen her again. Yeah, right? Come on, Ed. Why are you going after Bonnie? Um, now we get the part that you had talked about, Bonnie getting coffee at the hospital, and she sees Quinlan and goes and yells at her, and then Jane says she's there for something else, a DUI. And I found that to be weird, too. Like, Jane interacted with her, and we didn't see it. Mm-hmm. I just, the whole, it just, there's something going on. We talked about it, but I think there's just, uh, there's something, there's something going on. Um, now we have Mary Louise arrives at Celeste's house with the boys in tow. And uh, you want to agree with me about something. <laughs> yeah, I I had um, gone back and rewatched the first scene of uh, episode two where Celeste was sleep driving on the Ambien. And uh, was like having memories or visualizing the sex scene with the guy with the back tattoo. Um, You were definitely right. It was definitely not Perry. And um, but now after having seen this scene that we're about to talk about, uh, I think that she had sex with the tattoo guy while she was on Ambien and doesn't really remember it either. And that was something that happened while she was out before she was driving her car and wrecked it while she was sleeping. Yeah. I don't think that was something from the distant past. Now I feel like that was probably something that just had happened. And I think that that's what happened here. Although it could have also like you're like you were talking about, it could also be like Mary Louise had switched out the medication and maybe it was rehypnol or something similar you know the interesting roofing. interesting but, okay yeah 
All right. Yeah. So this is, and it's not like it's the same guy because no, the, it's because this guy does not have that big back tattoo. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Nope. Cool. Because this guy, you see him fuzzy in the background before you actually see him see him. And it's when Mary Louise is touching Celeste's face because Celeste says she, I mean, she looks like a, a zombie. Like she is zoned the fuck out, Celeste. And uh, she says maybe she's coming down with something. Josh tells her that she looks funny. And then Mary Louise touches her face and her cheeks yeah. and says there's no fever. Was- and in the background, and I saw it in the first watch through too, because yeah, I thought like by. Celeste, yeah, <laughs> I thought like Celeste was like having uh, a vision having of a Perry. Me- yeah, and it was yep. Perry because he that's was tall I and thought thin, too. and I thought it was Perry. That's what I thought too. And you too. see his back, and he didn't have a back. But tattoo, that's on so. purpose, though. I think. Oh, oh yeah, I know. Yeah, but it definitely brought that to mind. So because yeah. we also in the shower we get that scene where. Perry looks around the corner and then floats back. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's almost, yeah. it's a similar kind of image, you know? Yep. Um, yep. But yeah. But one thing I forgot to mention too, when we, when we were just mentioning that Jane, when, when she meets the guy who she has sex with at the bar, we only just talked about Jane saying, has Perry raped you before? Which I thought was the most important part. But I just wanted to mention too, like, could you not tell that she was going to have sex with that guy immediately? <laughs> like he, when he looked, I was at, not surprised, you know, like he, that was casting too. Like he was just yeah. oozing. I'm going to have sex with one of you two. I felt like I was watching Vanderpump rules and he was Jax or something. It was, uh, and people who watch that will get that, but it really was bad. But this whole scene too. Yeah. Celeste is so out of it and she's just kind of sitting, you know, and she's just doing that thing. And, um, the thing about Nicole Kidman is she's really good at that. She's done that in a lot of movies, like where she's like dazed or like confused, you know, and she Mm -hmm. does it really well. Um, I think actually in that first film she was in when she was on the boat, that was a movie she became really famous for. There's a scene where she fakes that. But um, anyway, um, Mary Louise talks about taking the boys to church because, you know, she's so she's such a God fearing woman. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and she said, but Max didn't want to go. And he said that God was a, God was a douchebag and his words, not mine. Yeah. Not his words, not mine. It just goes along with her personality that she's trying to project that she's so proper, you know, like not my words or whatever, though she'll say it, you know, Mm -hmm. and it just, it just, everything she says is makes her more and more infuriating. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's just how it goes. Yeah. Um, let's see what happens. Uh, then the guy appears, Joe, and I have to say that this guy, um, that, you know, he was pretty good about it. He's like, excuse he me, was. kids. <laughs> right. I mean, Celeste, even in her drugged state, looked mildly mortified. The boys looked seriously confused. And Mary Louise, and who do we have with us today? Oh, God. Like, ugh, ugh. Because like, I mean, the way she says it is like, you know, there's a revolving door of men, excuse me, running, running in and out of there. Yes. Which there may be, as you're saying, right? Like maybe that's, that's the hard part here is that does Mary Louise have a point, you know, and there's also a better way to, 
maybe deal with this than trying to steal her kids away. Like she's not trying to help her. She's looking for her to mess up more so she can get what she wants. And to catch her. Yes, exactly. And to catch her. Um, So then we have the part where she takes the shower um, and she has those kind of visions and she remembers. um, And then Madeline and Celeste are talking and Celeste admits she took the Ambien again. Um, But Madeline is really defending her. And in this case, I think she is being a good friend. And and just like basically get her, get Mary Louise away from these boys. Uh, But of course, who walks in? Mary Louise, she's there again. (laughs) I know. That was (laughs) that lady. I just can't with her. I don't know how many times I've said that already, but seriously, I cannot. Oh, Jesus. Um, uh, so she drops the boys off with Jane so they can talk. Yeah. And then this is where she, um, enters in she really hits her again and says now that the boy should live with her mm-hmm. and i think this is where she gives her the papers too right mm-hmm. at the end of it mm-hmm. yeah at which is just and you can see celeste just kind of really i mean i you got to feel bad for her she is just drowning in this Mm-hmm. And there's no other way to describe it. We're getting the visuals of Bonnie drowning, but I mean, it's like Celeste is just drowning in all of this. It's ter- she's having her kids taken away. I can't even imagine, you know, because I think she sees the way it's it's all dawning on her, and she sees it's probably going to work. Hmm. I the way I mean, they're just the whole conversation. I I feel for for Celeste so much. I mean, and she finally just screams at her to get the fuck out of here. Finally. I mean, we've been saying she should have told Mary Louise to get the fuck out of there long ago. And that's when Mary Louise tries to hand her the petition for assignment of custody of the person or persons, as she corrected herself. And the way that Celeste just backs away from her, it is like Mary Louise is holding a snake out there or something, you know, she's just like backing up and backing up. Like I just physically did away from my microphone. (laughs) And it's great too, because you know, like it's like that piece of paper had so much power. It was like Mm -hmm. some magical amulet or like you say, Mm -hmm. like a snake, like, Oh my Mm -hmm. God, you know, it's, she can't comprehend. And let's women say it's like, it reminded me of like the end of, um, uh, what, what is, what, what's that Kevin Spacey movie? Uh, the usual suspects when like all the pieces of the puzzle fit together and it's like Celeste, all the pieces of the puzzle are fitting together and she's seeing this game that as she's been trying to deal with her life, trying to live her life, trying to be good to Mary Louise when she can, like you saying, try to create a balance there. Mary Louise has been plotting this entire time to take these kids and plotting against her. And you saw it way back. I, I mean, I realize we're only four episodes in, but again, they have packed so much into these four episodes. Yeah. Like it feels like it was forever ago, but I remember you saying that at least in episode two. Well, it's coming to pass. Now we get a scene with Renata and Madeline uh, talking about what happened with Mary Louise and Celeste and Quinlan approaches them. Um, and the, the, uh, 
the whole the, the we, this is a weird thing where she mentions mm-hmm. the meltdown at the mm-hmm. school and then she says yeah, I think this might be more uh um taken away from your little theory than the other with Bonnie because like why else is she, why why is she asking or saying anything about Madeline's meltdown at the school if she's not really kind yeah. of stalking them or investigating them it's a miss yeah you know their throat it's man it's a mystery cuz you're right she mm-hmm. seems to be inciting her like a like a cop would do mm-hmm. to kind of get her you know what i mean like I'm going to stop by and say something and then we'll check it out later, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting. And then she says people are always recording things on their iPhones. Okay. Mm-hmm. So was someone recording something on their iPhone on the night of the uh, Perry's death? Oh my God. That's what made me think. Huh. Hadn't thought that mm-hmm. possibly too many theories. But if somebody's like, right. If somebody was really standing back there and videotaping that and not helping them, I have problems with that person. Uh, well, guess what? That's what people do these days. You are right. That's what they do. When an accident happens, they take out their phone. They don't try to help somebody. Not everybody, not everybody. Um, okay. So then we get to uh, the more horrifying Mary Louise, Jane walks up to Mary Louise's uh, door, asks to have a conversation, uh, kind of confronting her. Are you going to take my kids next? We talked about this before. And then the thing is, is that Mary Louise finds a way to turn it on Jane again by saying, like, do you let her take that kid? You're that child and drive in the car, right? Mm-hmm. Like questioning, not only questioning Celeste, but questioning Jane. Mm-hmm. That she let her. I hadn't really thought about it that way, but kid. yeah, it's right. like so manipulative. Like she is yeah. the master. Man. She definitely is, and this is definitely where Perry got his manipulation yeah. skills. Oh, gosh, anything she just everything, every angle she hits it. Um, She's got it down. We're running to the end. Forgetting to the end. There's been a long episode. Celeste with Doctor Amanda and. I thought it was interesting that this was so close to the end of the episode mm-hmm. and Celeste is saying, you know, she can't trust anymore. And then uh, can the, she's worried that the courts are going to be able to get um, the, uh, the transcripts of her therapy sessions. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's saying they can't get those. We have doctor patient privilege. Um, but it just goes to show that Celeste is like now fully understanding and fully paranoid that, you know, Mary Louise this whole time has just been plotting to take the kids away, get her revenge. Right. The people who should have been being a little more paranoid have not been being paranoid. And the people who didn't necessarily need to be paranoid are the ones that, uh, should have been right. Yep. Did I say that right? Or yeah, did I you turn did. Around? Yep. You know what I meant. <laughs> yep. Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not after you. Yes. All right. So we get a scene. Bonnie is at the hospital. Her dad's sleeping in the other chair. Her mom groans. Uh, Bonnie is kind of excited. You know, her mom's waking up out of this coma. Elizabeth continues to make sounds. Then we're seeing the visions again, right? Our flashes. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, mama and Elizabeth opens her eyes and she see, looks up, gazes upwards. And what we see is finally these visions that she's been having are fully fleshed out and it's Bonnie floating lifeless 
in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Flash of water. Mm-hmm. End of our episode. Yep. Is Bonnie gonna is Bonnie drowning? Now, this is what my wife Perry said, not to be confused with Perry Celeste's husband. <laughs> that that is a flashback. That's what my wife thinks. That maybe Bonnie tried to kill herself. Maybe Bonnie was the victim of domestic violence. Oh, maybe maybe there was somebody, yeah, maybe that she had an experience like this before and it involved water or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or this is a flash foot. We just, we don't know. We only know that she's desperately must be worried about her daughter mm-hmm. or it could be a metaphor for the situation they're in. Right. Like, I'm least, not sure what it means, but we'll, uh, we'll find out there's been a lot of water flashes, a lot in of this water season. flashes. Yep. Definitely. So quite an episode. We covered a lot today. Uh, any final words on this scene here or on the episode in general, Jenny? Uh, I think we covered everything. I mean, I thought we went a little long, but it was, again, even though it was a short episode, there was so much packed into it a lot in such a short in. amount of time. A lot packed in, and there'll be a lot packed in next week. Yes. When we come back for episode five, there's only three episodes left. And like I said, we're trying to work out uh, with the ladies of the broadcast. Um, and what do they call it again? I believe broad it's Broad Little, little Lies. Yeah, there you go. Broad Little Lies from the Jay and Jack Network um, to maybe do like a season wrap up or something. I got reach, uh, someone, an, another gentleman reached out to me. He does a podcast uh, that I listened to, too, that I enjoyed. And uh, he wanted to see if he maybe could come on. So we're getting a lot of listeners. And I do want to take an opportunity here just at the end to thank you sincerely, everyone, for listening and downloading. It does mean a lot. We're, 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 we're getting a lot of downloads. It always takes me by surprise. The thousands of people that are listening when we sit here in our rooms yapping at each other each week, Jenny. This has been a lot of fun. I am really enjoying it and I'm glad that other people seem to be enjoying it as well. It makes me feel good about spending this time sitting here just shooting the shit with you, Axel. Yep, me too. So thanks again. Thank you, Jenny. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. Peace out.